0: Hi, listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. On February 9th, 2014, a couple who build businesses and a family together were shot and killed in the early morning hours in their multimillion-dollar mansion on Pepper Tree Bend in San Juan Capistrano. This is the story of Bradford and Andra Sachs. Brad and Andra were introduced at a computer convention, and they ended up getting married and launched a tech business called Flashcom, and they became parents of four kids. Their names were Miles, Ashton, Alexis and Sabrina. So, Andrea was a businesswoman and she strived to be wealthy and successful, which I mean, don't we all? <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> right? So, but she sold computer chips when opportunity came to her, she took it. And Brad was a hardworking businessman and also a former champion surfer. And together, they started a successful company called Flashcom. So, tragedy hit when 16-month-old Sabrina drowned in 1999. So, she had fallen into a jacuzzi and gotten sucked into the bottom and ended up drowning.
1: Oh, that's horrible.
0: I know. And I swear, I feel like in the 90s, you used to hear about this a lot. I remember hearing in the news all the time where they would say, like, Oh, local child drowned, you know, by getting stuck to the bottom of the pool. Oh,
1: 100%. percent i hear the same thing. Yeah. And,
0: I mean, I... I didn't live in a house that had a pool, but we used to always go to pools. And I don't even like I didn't know that was a thing. You know, I don't even know if that. Do you think that's still a thing like with pools?
1: I mean, maybe that's the jacuzzi thing. But in a pool, yeah, you wouldn't.
0: I thought you did, though. I remember back in the day they used to say, oh, they got stuck like in, they got stuck down to the bottom of the pool. Yeah, no? but how?
1: There's nothing that's sucking you down. I
0: know. That's what. I don't eh, know. Maybe it was a jacuzzi thing. I don't know. But Andrew and Brad and the kids had a very hard time with this, which, I mean, what family wouldn't? That's just so tragic, right. you know? So the couple legally split that year, but they ended up reuniting a year later. So in 2007... Andra ended up going to Russia where she ended up adopting a teenager by the name of Lana. And she also ended up adopting the teenager's younger brother named Landon. So Andra ended up bringing the two kids she had just adopted back to her multi-million dollar mansion in San Juan Capistrano, which the mansion was in a beautiful community in Southern Orange County.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a really nice area. Oh,
0: yeah, it is. Andra had a real estate empire that was reportedly worth close to $80 million. Wow. Yeah. However, she was planning on scaling back on the business to care for Brad, who had recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease.
1: Oh, no, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Late at night on February 9th, 2014, Brad and Andra were shot while they were sleeping in bed. And between the two of them, they were shot a total of 15 times.
1: Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Sounds like somebody was really angry.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the brutal attack didn't stop there. So Landon, their eight-year-old son, was also shot. Oh, no. Yeah. So, he was laying on his back, reaching for his toy, which is just awful.
1: That's really sad.
0: I know. And 17-year-old daughter Alexis woke up to a kicked door and a shadowy figure shooting at her. She also heard the cries of her brother crying for help. Alexis was not hit by a bullet, but ran to aid her brother. And luckily, her brother Landon did survive. But he was left paralyzed.
1: Oh, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. Paralyzed at age eight?
0: Yes. (sighs) So 15-year-old Lana was in her bedroom downstairs. And guess what? What? She didn't get shot, but she also didn't even hear any gunshots.
1: It's either a really massive house or she's just a really deep sleeper.
0: Maybe I'm going to go with a deep sleeper because... I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you would hear a gun. Uh, neighbors in your would own hear house?
1: It. Yeah. I mean, you know, you so how do you not hear in your
0: own house? Yeah. Right. So this was, as you can imagine, a brutal crime scene with no evidence of a robbery. And it didn't appear as a random act either. The forensic evidence didn't immediately present any suspects. Okay.
1: Oh, it's tough.
0: Yeah. Okay. So remember how I told you that Brad and Andra had four children together, right? Right. The two oldest children, 21 years old Miles and 19 year old Ashton. And they actually happened to live in Seattle where they were going to college. So at approximately 12 p.m., investigators had to call Miles and Ashton to let them know about their parents' murder and about their brother that had been wounded.
1: That's terrible.
0: Yeah. So Ashton was hysterical to the point that investigators thought that he could possibly commit suicide. Really? hmm Wow.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's terrible news. Your, your brother got injured, probably in critical condition, mm-hmm. and your parents are dead. hmm And you're all the way in Seattle. Right. It's like, it's quite a distance from San Juan Capistrano.
0: Right. So after receiving the horrible news, Ashton and Miles made accommodations to fly home from Seattle, you know, to take care of the funeral services. hmm And during the funeral services, the brothers and sisters were just, Comforting each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And Ashton just saw as he spoke at the service regarding his parents, which, you know, it's understandable to have to speak at your parents' funeral, like...
1: Yeah, it's gonna be hard for anybody. Yeah. You know, he's one of the older, you know, sons.
0: Right. So, it was heartfelt, and you could visibly see the pain that Ashton was feeling. So... As the family is in mourning, investigators found that the Sachs had messy real estate and business deals and had made their fair share of enemies along the way. Really? So, yeah. So professional associates became the focus of the investigation. Investigators looked at investors because the Sachs owed a significant amount of money, okay? They looked through a list of possible business associates, but searches into business and civil disputes eventually led to dead ends.
1: So nothing there?
0: Nothing there.
1: So weird. So what else could it be?
0: Right. So they kept looking at several leads, even an ex-Marine sniper that was a tenant in one of the SAC's properties. But again, that led to nothing. After the murders, the two boys stayed with their sisters at a home in Coronado, which you know, if you're a local San Diego and you know that Coronado is a beautiful beachfront city here in San Diego County. And Miles and Ashton were actually watching over Landon because he was on medication. So investigators did a neighborhood canvas and they ended up finding out that one of the neighbors had video surveillance. Really? Okay, yeah. So a new lead emerged when the detectives reviewed the neighbor surveillance camera. And they saw a light colored car in the area of Peppertree Bend. Just 30 minutes before the 911 call after the sacks were murdered.
1: Oh, wow. That's, I mean, it's late at night. So mm-hmm. you, I'm assuming you won't see too much traffic. So that's probably a good lead.
0: Right. So this street is somewhat private in the sense that not many cars pass by, to your point. And it's in a cul-de-sac and the sacks home happens to be at the end of that cul-de-sac. Okay, so upon reviewing this footage, investigators had an uh, inkling that they thought it that the car might be a Toyota, okay? Okay. So based on that inkling, they ended up taking the video footage to a local Toyota dealership to help them identify the vehicle model, okay? So the service manager actually was able to identify the model of the car because he noticed the brake lights. And the brake lights, he said, were the same as those of a Prius.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. They're narrowing it down. That's good. Mm-hmm.
0: So, now that investigators know that they're looking for a Prius, investigators started reviewing traffic cameras that were near the Sachs home, okay? Mm-hmm. So, one of the traffic cameras showed that there had been a white Prius passing an intersection that happened to coincide with the murders, with really? the time of the murders. So, here's what caught investigators' attention, okay? Based on the traffic cameras, what caught their attention is how fast this Prius was going. It seemed like the car was running away from something. So because the car seemed like it was running away from something, they were now looking for a suspect that drove a white Toyota Prius.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. The other video that they identify as potentially a Toyota Prius and now this one. Yeah, they're thinking it's the same car. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it sounds like it around the same time frame. And this is early in the morning, right? Like 2 a.m. or something, right?
0: Yeah. So, a detective ends up calling Miles and they identified that Ashton Sachs drove a white Prius. No way. Yes. So, with that realization, Ashton, the teenage son, became a possible suspect in the double homicide. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so investigators discover that Ashton actually had bitter conflicts with his parents. Okay? Really? And not only that, but he also had a history of depression and a drug use addiction. So after Sabrina's death, the younger sister, it seemed that mental issues started to grow with Ashton. And Brad and Ashton had a lot of friction. So Andrea ended up sending him to Seattle to separate the two for a bit. Okay. So Andrea set him up with a condo, and she frequently traveled to go see her son.
1: So it wasn't like she just abandoned him over there. No,
0: no, no. She sent him over there and she set him up. So Ashton was supposed to be going to school in Seattle, but he wasn't going.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And they weren't aware of this. So at this point, investigators saw this as a potential motive, but it also was hard for them to believe that Ashton would kill his own parents and his siblings.
1: Yeah, or attempted to kill his siblings. Right. Why, over this? Because he dropped out of school? Like, that, I don't know, it seems kind of like a stretch, right?
0: Does it? You think so?
1: To me, it kind of does. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess you've kind of seen worse.
0: Well, I guess I will let you know after this commercial break. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So, do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wine month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months, if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts!
1: We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, Forward slash support the show and click on the Wine of the Club month link and sign up. We will earn a commission.
0: You can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code Holiday15 to get $15 off any four month club, or you can use promo code Holiday20 for $20 off any six months club, which sounds like a win win to me. You get to stay home during this COVID 19 pandemic, quarantine by yourself, And your wines.
1: And they ship free.
0: Wow. Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too.
1: We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link.
0: So here's the thing. Ashton was in Seattle during the time of the murders. Or at least that's what investigators thought.
1: Right, because he called him. Right. Right, to notify him of the murder.
0: Exactly. Okay, so the murders occurred at around 2 a.m. And the death notification to Ashton was at 12 p.m. the next day. So it was 10 hours later. So if he's in Seattle, but the murders happened here in Orange County. Yeah, how
1: could he be a suspect? Right. Right. doesn't make sense.
0: On March 3rd, 2014, analysis of Ashton's cell phone records actually made him into the prime suspect. So the phone documents provided a roadmap of sorts that told exactly where Ashton was on the night of the murder. So they showed that he had driven from Seattle down to Orange County. Really? Yeah. So detectives also determined that Ashton had spoken to American Airlines that night He purchased a seat on a flight from Orange County to Seattle that departed in the morning of February 9th, 2014.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Mm
0: -hmm. Asher would have had enough time to be in Washington by the time that detectives had called him to give him the terrible news about his parents.
1: Right, because, I mean, it's not not a long flight.
0: Right.
1: Who would have thought that he would have driven down the night before and then flown out just hours later? That's... How was that even a thought? Wow.
0: Right. So at around 7 a.m., cameras showed that Ashton was dropped off by a taxi at John Wayne Airport before boarding a flight. So at around 6 a.m., Ashton also called a transport company to have his car moved from San Juan Capistrano to Seattle. So when investigators called the transport company, guess what? What? (laughs) The transport company lets them know that they still have that white Prius. Really? Yeah. And that the owner of that white Prius actually owes them money.
1: Oh, so he hasn't even picked it up yet.
0: Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. after locating Ashton's white Prius, investigators got a search warrant and you're not going to believe what they found in the car. What? The murder weapon.
1: Wow. (laughs) Now he's like completely cemented into this. Right. Come on.
0: So investigators were able to identify that the murder weapon was in fact purchased by Ashton Sachs, okay? Mm -hmm. So then on March 6th, investigators went to Coronado where Ashton was staying with his siblings. So when investigators show up, Ashton was forthcoming at first, trying to be very helpful. Mm -hmm. But once they started questioning him a little bit more, then things changed. So they asked if he was in Seattle at the time of the murders and Ashton said yes. Then the investigator that was questioning Ashton happens to ask him, okay, so if we were playing who wants to be a millionaire, that would be your final answer? (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) Really? That's what he asked them?
0: Yeah. (laughs) So once Ashton tells them that, yes, that is his final answer, investigators ask them that what would he think or what would he say If they told him that I had video of him at John Wayne Airport on the day of the murders. So at that point, he said no and stopped answering any questions.
1: He knows he was caught at that point.
0: Right. On Thursday, March 6, 2014, following an intensive month-long investigation, Orange County Sheriff's homicide investigators detained Ashton at the San Diego area and he was interviewed and subsequently arrested on murder charges. Okay, so I do have audio of his confession, okay?
1: Really? I want yeah. to hear this.
0: But Jose, let me just warn you, okay? Because he's this guy, he's just like you. He's mumbling the whole time and he's speaking very low where it's like, dude, come on, speak up. Like even at one point and you're so
1: (laughs) annoying
0: (laughs) even at one point you even hear the detective which happens to be in the same room as him tell him i can't hear you what (laughs) like that's how low he's he's speaking okay so like i said we're gonna go ahead and play this audio but just know you guys might have to raise the volume up a little bit um because he is speaking very low okay so okay take a listen I wasn't, like normal, wasn't normal. What weapon did you have with you? A gun.
1: Explain to me what you did first. My parents went first. And you saw your parents in the bed? Then what? I just walked up and started shooting. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I can't hear you. I just walked up and started shooting.
0: In which direction? At them. At them? And then what did you do? I left my room, ran out, walked past the lady at the door, just, uh, towards
1: him. and then I just ran downstairs to Lexi's room, shot at
0: her once, and ran. Tell me what's going through your mind. I can't
1: remember. I just a rush. I'm just,
0: like, not myself. I don't know. i was
1: something. Describe your relationship with your mom
0: and read for me. We saw that she was, like, the only person in the world who really I can trust and actually can't help me. How about your dad? He never really liked me. I just loved him. He would never love. Mean to me, and to exclude me from what, what was it that made you come to the conclusion that what you chose to do was your only option? I just thought I had to do it. Because, well, it's like they f***ed me up really bad. And so, before I killed myself, I'm like, I should... So as so you can hear already, you know, he's mumbling and he's speaking very low. So we are going to post the confession video up on our website and see if maybe people can hear it cl- more clear. And, it's captioned you know, on there. So yeah, yeah, it'll
1: be easier for you to actually see and hear what he's saying.
0: Right. So he is mumbling and he's speaking very low, but Ashton actually tells police and I quote that he wasn't normal. Okay. And... He also says that he just walked up and started shooting and he also told investigators and I quote, I don't know why I ruined my life. I just wanted to die. So he confessed to the crime and it seemed like maybe the stress of him dropping out of school and then having to face his parents and, you know, let them know I've dropped out of school. Mm -hmm. That might have been too much for him and that essentially ended up leading him to killing his parents.
1: I mean, it sounds like a potential motive, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it seems like a bit of a stretch.
0: Right. So, in the aftermath of these horrible crimes that left his mom and dad dead and his brother paralyzed, Miles Sachs stepped up to take care of his family and he has taken over his family's businesses. And Ashton pleaded guilty, and he received two life sentences without the possibility of parole and an additional 50 years for the attempt murder of his eight-year-old brother Landon.
1: That's where he deserves to be.
0: Yep. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.